0: Welcome back. It's time for Customers Who Click, the e-commerce podcast for brands looking for their next growth opportunities. If you're interested in improving your conversion rates, average order values, and customer lifetime value, head over to CustomersWhoClick.com where you can find all our previous episodes and get in touch if you'd like to learn more. In today's episode, we're exploring the topic of silos. It's a problem so many businesses face, but not many know how to break down. Silos cause so many problems. I've experienced it firsthand myself, and it's it's difficult enough in-house without having to worry about where agencies fit in as well. To help us with this problem, I'm joined by George Huff, CEO at Opal, a planning platform that connects strategy to execution across teams. Let's get George on now. Hi George, thanks for joining me today. Would you mind just uh give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, a bit of your background and and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure.
1: Thanks for having me. Um my background uh started in uh just digital digital marketing basically. So I was uh, I had a, at a job right out of college building websites, building emails, um, understanding the customer journey across many different channels, um, and kind of, uh, sort of, you know, taking each opportunity that was presented to me and moving a little bit further along to a point where I, I founded a software company called Opal, um, with some, some of my friends. Um, and, and we've been working at that for 10 years and, and have a, a lot of passion on the problems that we're solving.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Um. Do you go into that a little bit more? Like, what, what what sorts
1: of problems do you solve? We started out um, back when social media was exploding. So back when uh, you know blogs had just kind of been the big thing, and then then it was social. So Facebook, uh, Twitter, etc., uh, Instagram, and these platforms were exploding, and brands were really trying to were really wrestling on how do you create a sort of consistent story, consistent brand narrative across all these different channels. Um, and I saw this from the belly of the beast. So at the time, I was doing some consulting work for Nike. And just watching them trying to wrestle like 600 global social media accounts across all those different platforms and regions um and saw like what they were doing to operationalize for it so like, how do you kind of break down all these silos within the organization how do you how do you actually get everybody of see from the same side book so to speak um and and just seeing how they were doing it, it was excel it was powerpoint uh, it was all these different things and so i'd come in to try to like be one of the cogs in that machine of like translating and all that but um, at the time, you know, I was, I was really scratched, like wanting to scratch an edge of starting a software company. And so I kind of saw that problem and I was like, wow, I think if I solve that problem, that might actually be a, a, a legitimate, uh, uh, software business. Um, so we started working on it and, and, you know, our first customers were Nike and Starbucks and Nestle, uh, Levi's and Beats by Dre. So it was like right out of the gate. Um, we had agency relationships and it just kind of like exploded from there. Yeah. Well, so. so
0: why? How, the, how is this important to you know help customers clicking? Help get customers clicking.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer, and I think I think most people are when they step back from it. But I'm I'm a big believer, and just a, that cookie is a great customer experience. Um, and it really is, you know, you, you kind of I think people obsess about like one piece of content going out the door, like that tweet or or whatever whatever platform you're posting on, or your your website update or whatever. But like, it's really the it's got to, the, the experience has got to be greater than the song parts and so rather than kind of like dwelling on one thing you kind of have to dwell on the whole um and so i think that for for what 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 being a from the same songbook means to me is that you can step back from that one unit and look at it as a whole and say like if you were a co- consumer going through this um what would it feel like and if you could know what it felt like and if you really had empathy for your and audience you can build the best content and it may not be the first thing they see that they click on, but I think that enough things they see that's consistent, that's engaging, that's that's speaking to some problem that they have. Um, I think that's how you actually get customers clicking in the long run. Uh, mild personal opinion on that. Okay. And what
0: what is it that you think causes a bit of breakdown there? Like what what gets in the way of creating that experience?
1: Well, it's funny because um, you know I just I've just I think I. I would kind of mention this to you, but like we have this great slide that that tells this story, right? But like ultimately, when you look at a lot of the best experiences today, um, they are a, a lot of times they're done by smaller companies, um, like a lot of especially like the DTC brands where they're just like they're able to kind of be nimble and they're able to create a great customer experience across many many different channels, um, and and I think it's easier for them because they don't have huge teams. Um, when you start to get bigger teams, you start to organize those teams in different ways, especially like the bigger an organization gets. And then everybody kind of has a hand at like some part of marketing because at the end of the day, we're all serving our consumer. Uh, and and so you you kind of organize people into these different silos. And then those silos are are all kind of like their own little thems. And then like when they meet, you know, they're like, you know, they have their, their own reasons for why to do what, you know, their own incentives for each of what they want to do. And I think that that's where like, um, you get a lot of compromise um, at the meeting of those silos, uh, compromise of that consumer experience because everybody's kind of working in towards a different end game, that um, it's not cohesive.
0: Yeah, I suppose you get, uh, especially if one team brings the idea in, right? everyone else kind of might feel like they're just supporting it. Right? Right. It's not their primary thing. Yep. Yep. Therefore, they don't really want to put that much resource into it. They're just almost like doing you a favor, I suppose. Yeah helping you achieve what you want to do totally and, and actually that's essentially getting away at
1: the whole thing. right and and you know we work with some of the biggest organizations in the world that create insanely good experiences that kind of crack this nut um and i think that it's it's it really is about zooming out and and um putting putting this sort of um your focus on the consumer rather than the focus on what you're trying to achieve um and i know that that sounds weird but like it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you feel good about it. Like, if, if, it, if the consumer doesn't click to borrow your, your phrase, like, then what's yep. what's the point, right? You, you get a pal on the back because you got your way or, or whatever, but you didn't actually achieve your results. So I think, you know, kind of putting that end result of, like, of a great experience, so, like, putting that as your North Star um, is really is really a difference between the the brands who do it well and have tons of our eyeball and attention, uh, the brands yeah. Yeah,
0: so how... Like, how do you get teams aligned with this and thinking about the customer in that way? Because, you know, uh, I I worked for, you know, a couple of big brands and a few smaller ones uh, when I was in-house. And the issue always seemed to be that each team had their own individual targets. And so, you know, we're already really interested in hitting their target with their particular marketing channel. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, so obviously... Sometimes, sometimes in order to hit those targets, they had to think about the customer from, but only
1: from their transactional specific channel. Right. Really. Yeah, like if you're like the paid media team, like your world kind of ends at the edge of that, right? Like get people to click on things with paid media over and over and over. But like you're not thinking about what the organic team is. You're not thinking about the web team. You're like you're not thinking about these other teams. Like You're right. You have your targets. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like I, I actually, um, I don't really... I, I know of that lens. I've never like thought about it a lot from that lens. I suppose um, of that you're like your targets are all kind of pretty different incentives, and so like it's really hard to put things together. Um, but you know, I think w- what we see a lot of times is a sort of transformation at the top. That that like, uh, you know, I've got I've got some great CMO mentors, right? So like we work in like pockets within large large organizations sometimes, and then we work with like the whole organization sometimes. Um, and you know our goal though is to bring everything together because like I think like in our opinion that fragmentation of how you're planning and how you're like how you're figuring out everything that sausage making on the inside fragmentation of that leads to fragmentation of the consumer experience so that's how how I think about it a lot but the, you're right about the incentives I think that one of the things that um, is challenging when you're working in pockets is that you know you're kind of like you buttress up against those silos right you're you're in one silo. You're buttressing up against another one, and there's that conflict. But that's where I, I, I kind of go back to like, what is, the, what is the leadership CMOs, you know, or, or, you know, VPs of marketing or what have you, of saying, hey, we're going to, we're going to put our consumer on a pedestal and we're going to make like their, like speaking to them as if we were, uh, you know, like really being considered and having that empathy. That's what, that's how we're, that's our like main strategy is like, to, like that's our North Star, so to speak. Right. And, and I guess you'd say our strategies for getting there um you know part of those are go to market strategies and part of those are like how you work strategies so like how are you reviewing your know, customer experience across channels like, we see sorry to keep rambling but we see our customers have um you know a ton of uh like what they'll do is they'll centralize on like a meeting where like they bring up our product in their meeting to say like does this all like are we oversaturating our market are these messages the same are we you know can we push something out like and they're kind of horse trading amongst like, multiple silos that are in that room to kind of Figure out what the best go-to-market is for them based on what the consumer is going to going to get. Because you know, if everyone's doing what they want to do, then the consumer is kind of the victim of it. Um, and I think that that's that's a problem for a lot of brands.
0: Yeah, and I think this um, this kind of shows through when you you have uh, you know paid media teams running a certain type of ad yeah. that they think works really well. They're getting great click-through rates, whatever. They they work on a landing page which starts to tie into that. Uh, That same message, but then after the landing page, it's all back to the normal Yeah, like it it all disintegrates. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the email marketing team aren't able to connect with that at all. So, you know, the the people have come through that landing page, so they're sending out generic messages. And then maybe, maybe this is a bit of an extreme example, but maybe the retargeting is done by yet another team. Yep. Yeah. Which means that suddenly retargeting people don't no longer get the message. Yep. That they were originally showed. Yep. And so, yeah, you, you get that that poor customer experience. Um, I was actually asked about this in CRO when we've done AB testing. Is it an issue that you know there's some cookie issues and uh, and tracking people across devices? Because what happens if people see a different experience, right? And I think fortunately, in what we do, it's a bit rare. It's 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 not that likely, and also we're, we're talking about small changes, yeah. normally. yeah. Right. So, how likely is someone to going to see this change, this specific thing? Yeah, and like notice that. And then the next time yeah. they come to the page, it's different or it's not there. Um, you know, especially if they come back a week later, yeah. right? There's a, there's a good chance so it won't impact them. But for someone who has been told this is the perfect product for this use case, yep. in the advertising and the landing page, and then suddenly they're getting emails which just talk about it as a generic product, right? or even a different use case, right? that's that's where this disconnect happens,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. And then, and then even like when you like, and it's got to run all the way through, right? Like even signing up for the product and going through, like either purchasing the product and getting a delivery, like the whole, I think about it as like the entire thing, right? Um, not just the marketing side of it, but the entire customer experience, like what's the support like? And I think that like all of that stuff requires, or like again, I go back to kind of a North Star and leadership, but like what is, what are we about as an organization um and i think that you know it's it's yeah it's 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 tough it's it's easier said than done but i think that like our our thesis on what we what we've found to be true so far is that if you can kind of get start organized you can stay organized um but if you kind of like if you're unorganized at the start you know and you have like a loose north star or a loose like brand philosophy whatever and then like as it gets to like turning over because like ultimately this like it sort of trickles down through an organizational hierarchy to like the units of like different teams who have like all their own, um, like your point incentives and, and ways that they go about doing what they do. Um, but it's really hard to kind of put the thing back together from there. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, it's, it's not that those little minute changes matter. I don't, I don't, I think you're right on that. I'd agree. But I think that when you, when, when there's a, that like some kind of drop off, you gave a, a good example of it. Um, and, and that goes all the way through the customer experience. then yeah, you, you start to kind of feel like things disintegrate, or like the second it becomes confusing, or you know, it, and it's really probably about that, right? Consumer confusion. The second you're confusing your consumer, you you start to lose they, they have less inclination to keep going with you. Um, yeah. We think about that in software, like as our business, because like if you get into our product and it makes no sense, you're like, but like they're selling me this like Taj Mahal vision in marketing, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get in and it's like, this is no, this is no good, you know, like confusing i don't know how to get started yeah
0: um so what what i guess what, what is the way to get teams aligned because I, I you know i my background is, is actually mainly startups. So i'm used to working with small teams yeah. where you know if you've got five people there you can oh yeah 100 percent. yeah if you've got a marketing team of even 50 plus people plus maybe supporting agencies yep what what are the key things needed to get people aligned on this you know is it is it targets and making sure everyone's just got mm-hmm. kind of one goal which is company revenue or is it you know is it having strict processes in place around how you launch campaigns or something
1: yeah I, you know i think um you kind of i i i look at uh the best companies that do this and they're thinking out like 18 months. They're thinking out a long ways, right? They're kind of like strategically speaking, they're able to think out further, right? And so you see companies do this and then they have these master strategic plans where they're like, here's where we're focusing. Here's here's who we're focusing on. Like really, really good briefing um, so that everybody can kind of like look at the same thing when they get going. Um, like th- that's, that's how I think about it is like the scaffolding of like marketing planning, like at the strategic level, trickling down to like the content planning level, trickling down to creative development and content development, trickling down to like actually, you know, aligning on like literally day of like day, like the days of things happening. Like I think about it as a calendar. Um, and so like what we've been on this mission to do is, is really recreate that in a system. Because today, if I say, if I go to a CMO, I'm like, what's the system you use around your business? Most CMOs are like, uh, I have my strategic plan, and I talk to my lieutenants, and like that's kind of it. There's there's like no way to kind of see all this together, right? Um, and and it, it very quickly splits
0: out into yeah. I spoke to my head of PPC; they're doing their thing. I, I spoke to my head of email;
1: yeah. they're doing their thing. And they say and they PPC. say there's are and they say they're supporting me, so I believe that, right? You believe your lieutenants, but then what about their lieutenants? What about their lieutenants? Like it just it trickles down, and it, and it's super hard. Um, we to have this. We did this what marketing campaign? It was one of my favorites, probably like seven or eight years ago, and it was like getting the brand back together. Um, and it was kind of like a play on this, right? Like because you're you're essentially like fragmenting and siloing as work is, is as a plan's kind of coming to life, and then kind of like you get to this like last bit of it, and you're like, okay, let's look at it all together. And some brands don't even do this, right? They say, well, the PPC teams off by themselves doing their thing, whatever, right? They're doing their thing, and and everyone's kind of off doing their thing, and they're supporting the plan. Um, so like some brands, that's kind of, like, that's what we're doing. And then you, and then you feel that though, I think we know those brands, like we feel like, I think like left, it just, it just feels off, right?
0: At, at best, you know, they're, they're working towards the same kind of calendar yeah. or like Gantt chart or something, yeah. but you don't, so you know, who's working towards what timelines or yeah. how far they are towards those timelines, yeah. but you don't actually know what they're doing yeah. in the actual piece of work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and those and those are the brands that optimize and and we run into this, right? Because like we're so adjacent to it. But like a lot of a lot of brands we like, we're gonna get our marketing function going. And they like optimize for project management. Um, thinking that like product like great project management to your to like what you're seeing in your head, right? Like that is the key to great marketing. And Opal's point of view is that great like great experience is what leads to great marketing. And so how do you create um a simple way to like not have to spend so much money or so much resource on uh, on the whole alignment side and spend it on the like creative review side and make that part easy and like make it visual uh so that's like that's our north star is like how do we help our customers put out the best marketing um more so than like how do we help them manage product better um even though people do kind of like some lightweight product management platform but a lot of times they use a, a product like um, work for right here or whatever yeah so it, yeah. Am right, I right to think it is still
0: about those processes and things, but you're, you or do you position it as the customer experience thing or is it a little different to that? And it's actually customer experience is a massive part of it. You can, yeah, do whatever you want for project management as, yeah. well as everyone's focused on.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think like, you, you know, that's been the, that's I think the lifelong uh, challenge of our organization is like, how do you position it? Because like we all know what project management is. And, but if I say it's a marketing calendar, you kind of you're like well i know what that is but I like that seems like a kind of down the line priority you know but like really it's about collaboration for marketers like it's a system for marketers to collaborate to so make great better work like that's that's really it and we've got like think planning calendaring and like creation of content like all kind of mixed together in one thing um and and the people who get over the hump of that are like like lifelong partners in ours they love our products um you know they'll go to our events and they reflect how great life is OVAL. but i think for people that are like kind of working in this like i, I think of it like a 1.0 digital market 1.0 world where you know you're kind of like optimizing for project management because you think that's what the problem is like the problem is actually doing better marketing um and i think everybody would say they want their marketing to be better but they they can't like quite translate that to a product but like that's the space that we play in and That's our that's our sort of vision and and, and mission. Like that's where it lives. It's like how do you help um, you know, brands tell a consistent story and put their best work out there across all the different places they're telling that story? Um and and that's that's a that's a long time. That's gonna be a long timeline because it's a hard problem to solve. I wish I would have like, you know, invented velcro or something. (laughs) What's the big opportunity here? Yeah, in in getting this sorted.
0: Is it is it just I say just, it's obviously a massive thing. <laughs> is it creating great customer experiences, better marketing, and getting better results there? Or are there, is there like a trickle-down effect? Are there, are there other areas that benefit from
1: this kind of thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I i think, um, you know, marketers are kind of two things that I've noticed universally. One is there, we'll I'll go three. They're probably more than this. It's going to be massive general I it does come back to bite me because it's on the fly. But bear with me. I think that that like most marketers are inherently creative to some degree right like they either are creative themselves or they appreciate creative work right like they're like i like i like good work right um the second thing is they're extremely courageous like creating something and putting out in the world and having it fail or succeed or like whatever like i've always had tremendous admiration for marketers because um they're so courageous but the last thing that marketers are pretty universally is kind of like underwater and feeling like burned out because there's just, like, this, you know, like, if you were working on back-office payroll software, assuming everyone gets paid, no one really is looking at what you're doing on a day-to-day, right? Like, no one can see it. They don't know what's going on, right? Like, unless they don't get paid, like, all's good. Um, and marketing is, like, my mom's got an opinion about the the tweet you wrote. She knows about, like, marketing, yeah. right? Like, so, so like, everybody's got an opinion, and, and so you're kind of, like, constantly out there. And I think that I think that when you're in a big organization you're just kind of dealing with those opinions um, and and the further the closer they are to that line, that launch line or after that launch line the worse they are, right? The harder it is to deal with. And you're kind of dealing with this like onslaught of like VP over here, VP over there, VP over here CEO, CMO has an opinion about the thing that they saw on the internet or whatever and so like our, our whole thing is, you know, going back to like start organized, stay organized is like how do you, how do you kind of take the accordion of that like long timeline and like having things kind of get killed at the end or like get pulled after a thing launch or like whatever? And, and how do you kind of shore that and ramp so that like, like a, an entire organization can move together, um, a lot smoother? Right. And I think that if you do that, that that last piece, that burnout piece just becomes a, a lot less of a thing. Um, and so like, I think for organizations, it's really about, retention of marketing teams um and and making their lives easier and smoother so they can do their best work like that's really what it comes down to um so yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean i can remember the number of meetings i've had where halfway through a project and we you know we got to the design stage or something of, of something and uh suddenly there's 20 people in a room all from you know me on the conversion side, we've got a legal person saying, "Oh, you can't do that, you've got to do this you've got after you've done all this work right after you after you've done all the work and and obviously sometimes you get some thinking about specific examples in my head, but the legal side was more of a like I was trying to persuade her to like this didn't matter right now, yeah, we didn't need to deal with the specifics of the legal stuff right now, yeah. Right. It has to be dealt with at some point, and we'll get that right. I and mean, the exact wording of our legal message, we don't need to worry about too much. We've got <laughs> a major concern for this meeting. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it's, what will happen is you, you'll have these meetings. Yeah, but you, you have a discussion, and either, well, one of three things happens. Either you all kind of agree mm-hmm. on something, and everyone's on the same page, and, and things move forwards. Second is uh, no one agrees, and you end that meeting going. We're gonna have to let's let's all come reconvene in next week and um, yeah, come with some new ideas or whatever. Or the third is um, you get one person really really strong in that meeting who uh, I mean essentially bullies their way. Yeah, they're terrible. It doesn't have to be in a, in a in a bad way. It can just be a really really strong persuasive way. But essentially, they're saying this is the way we're gonna do it because it's best because i say so yeah um maybe because it's back by days or something yeah and then every now and again you'll have another meeting and someone another couple of levels up in the company decides to pop their head into that meeting and tears it apart yeah
1: and yeah these things are yeah and and, and a nightmare yeah. yeah i mean it's that it yeah it's the like I, the, the business people um yeah they 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 do that and and you know like i, I I go back to um, how do you make the flow of work. This is what I think about a lot, right? And Especially right now, I'm thinking about a lot because we're kind of in this like, awesome Renaissance period at Opal, where you know it's, it's this problem we've been working on for ten years, but like we're kind of rethinking a lot of it right now to be, build a better product, right? But I think about how do you make that flow of work seamless, um, and a lot of a lot of times, again, people kind of optimize for project management. But I think about it more as like, how do you how do you have a product that's like really simple to put things in front of the right people um, in a way that's that's more that that is more async um, to say, hey, like I'm giving you an opp- an opportunity to give feedback in this at this period so that I don't get it at this period, right? Kind of what you're saying with the legal example, um, but you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, going back to what I was saying about marketers being underwater, a lot of times marketers are so underwater that. They just kind of keep it's it's sort of like the the frog in the pot analogy like the water is boiling like the water is boiling but they can't think to like jump yeah. out of the water right or whatever the, I'm butchering it but you know what I'm saying um, yeah it's it's the water's getting hotter and hotter they don't realize until too yeah exactly days. and and I think that like to turn the water down so to speak to go up and out is that you you've got to work on how you work um, and I just think that a lot of marketing teams are are kind of just like at that like boiling water point and they just can't even slow down to like think about it and so. You know, here comes like Opal prancing in being like, Hey, like, here's a way to revolutionize how you work for better work and more happiness. Are you interested? Like, I, I, I can't even do that right now. I'm like, like, I'm like answering questions from the CEO and like, you know, whatever. And, and so, yeah, like when, when people are ready, um, we have a, we really do have a better way of going about collaboration and planning and, and, and all this, but, um, you know, it's, it's really, I think marketing is kind of like always in that mode of, of you know, the frog in the pot.
0: Well, the, the number of times um, I get a, a response, yeah, maybe to a cold email, or, or even uh, during a like a sales call or something, and they say, we, we just haven't got the resource to take on a CRO program. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you haven't got, you haven't got to put any resources in. That's why we're here. Yeah, right. Right? We are that resource for you. Yeah, But there's so, and I, I know, because I've, I've been in-house before, right? I've been there, I know that feeling of just, I can't even handle this conversation right, right. now. Yeah, yeah. Um it might be beneficial for us and it might not require me to do much, but I'm I have to have a meeting to yeah. to decide on that.
1: Yeah. And I can't make that decision. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and you know, for us even further, like I that that sounds like an easier sale. For us, we're like, hey, can you stop the train while we retrofit like the whole thing, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> and yeah. everyone, you know? And everyone and like, no, you know. So yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's it's a bit of an uphill battle um from a software category that we're in standpoint. But I, I think that the end game is worth it to me because I just, I just have this vision of like a a system for marketing to, to do this. Right. Um, you know, if you, if you look at like how a a sales leader runs their organization, they have sellers filing call reports and working deals in a system that gives them an idea of like what's going to happen. And, you know, you go to, order the financial side and they got net suite. Um, you know, like you just, you don't have that, uh, in, in marketing. Um, people are all on generic tools and they're kind of like hairs on fire and like, you know it's been a it's been a, a a long time working on this but i still see the same problems that i saw back in, in the 2012 when when i first started experiencing this problem and i'm like hey like this is like and, and now we kind of are we have 10 years of heritage of, of all the ways that markers work like i've seen so much um at this point um in, in our organization has and so yeah we're kind of building that product for the future right now and it's it's really exciting because you know I, I kind of see how they're it, how everyone's still doing it. You know, we're in the we're in these big organizations that are still trying to figure out some of these things. So yeah, it's it, I think it's a, an exciting time. Uh, Personal,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it it comes up so much. It's good to come up on the podcast a lot. It comes up in conversations all over the place. Normally, with quite often with agencies who are frustrated with clients who are just in that situation, right, where they're just so busy. And everything starts to get a bit messy mm-hmm. and then they, they, and maybe the agency can't get the support they need to execute because you know, their main context is part of one team, but actually to do a certain campaign or something, they need someone from another. Oh, yeah. Team. And for some reason that conversation- Well,
1: there's, and you're dealing with humans and politics and all that stuff. And, and that's why I do think leadership has a major role to play in this. But a lot of times leaders, it's like, you're almost like too removed from the problem to understand how bad it actually is. Um, but, but I think, you know, they want, if they want to do great work at their orgs, which no CMO is going to say, well, I don't really care if it work's great. Maybe they do, but, um, I I would think that, you know, they want to do great work and and this is an area where you, you can shore up.
0: Do you think, is is it possible that part of the problem is that the people at the top have made their way from the bottom of that particular space, Mm -hmm. right? So CMOs, great at marketing, right? Yep, that's what they're hired to do. Maybe not great at organization and so how marketers work and 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 all that's and and how teams work together. Yeah. because they've never had that training. They've only had marketing training. Right. They've only learned marketing right and
1: got more and more experience of marketing. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, so, like, yeah, there is absolutely that. You know, and and it's just different minds. You know, like I'm I'm definitely more of like a systems processes thinker than i am like a you know you know you, you kind of ask i think like what makes customers click like you know my opinion versus your opinion on advertising. say to keep it simple like i'd probably would have your opinion over mine because you've done way more you put yourself out there in the world you know going back to the courage and the creativity thing um mine is and like i started as a, a, a internet geek like that's what i am <laughs> in my bones right like i was i was you know, I learned how to build web pages in my, my parents' house. That's like how I got started in my career. So, like, um, yeah, I think I think that that's probably true to some degree. Um, and you know, I'm I'm like I'm I'm always some like I, I oftentimes I find a, a CMO where we're like we're just like perfectly suited where they like they understand the problem a bit and they acknowledge the problem a bit, even if they're great at marketing, um, and they can kind of see that symbiotic relationship between the work, the experience, and how the team works and is organized. And realize that like if you put those you kind of get one right the other gets right and then create the flywheel um but yeah i think i think you're right like and they're kind of removed and they're they're dealing with other stuff you know they're it's just a different it's just a different level um being being a cmo but you know i i, I think uh in aggregate they all do care about the experience they just they they kind of think about the end unit versus how you type the the journey to get there yeah um so um yeah it, it's interesting i mean one of my I, I thought about this earlier it's kind of like hand about creating great experiences but like one of my big inspirations for our platform was just like it being at um being at nike you know because I, I started working with nike in an agency capacity because i had a, a, a web design agency um uh, and i would i would go out there um for meetings and whatnot we built like some digital products as well um uh, web apps and stuff like that but you go out there and they have like whole conference rooms like walled off like don't go in here don't touch the thing right and i'm like what you know what's going on in there and then you go in there and like oh this is the wall walk broke for campaign x whatever the campaign is and you would literally like walk from like every piece of paid every organic every email every like in the sequence of it and it would just be like you'd walk along the wall and you look at all the creative together um and see it and so like you think about one of the best brands in the world at doing this nike um, and, and at that time, just like seeing how, like some of that sausage was made of like, like what if every brand had the ability to do this at scale across like digital marketing, which is like way harder to do it in. And like, you're kind of like, especially traditional media, um, you know, in terms of like the amount of content, the amount of like, you know, just the amount of different places your, your um, contacts to show up, that kind of thing. So I know that that's a part of great brands. The, the process is that they kind of have this, um, but. You know how do you how do you do that at scale? It's kind of something I've always thought about, and I think again, that's a that's a process.
0: It does sound uh, similar to something I did at my last company. Actually, um, I think it was something that got introduced late on. Um, essentially, we had I can't remember what they were called. These like teams that were almost like like, like project management teams um for specific campaigns. So it wasn't it wasn't like the day-to-day business. It was uh, if we were launching a new website mm-hmm. or something like that, that's that's when we used this. And it was that kind of thing, right? It was everything up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um everything from, you know, the website, how that's being set up, the games that were gonna go on it, all the different departments that were going to be involved, um, how they were going to approach marketing, um, all our capabilities as well. Yeah. Because we were and they had a load of legacy tech, and, and it was sometimes a nightmare to do something for email marketing. Right, right, right. Um, so that's where it, it wasn't just here, are the emails we're going to do. Yeah. It was also, this is the capability we have. Wow, it's like, like, like the, a whole other, it's a whole other level below, right? That's interesting. Yeah, because it, it was almost like we, we had to head off certain arguments straight away by saying, we can't do this, There's enough tech that doesn't allow us to. or yeah. Or sometimes, like, these are our options for this.
1: Right. That's super interesting. Right.
0: Whereas other uh, other teams sometimes had a bit more flexibility. Yeah. But obviously, if you're trying to link something up, it's like, well, if you go with this welcome offer, yeah. like a PPC ad, yeah. we can't support that in, in email.
1: Yeah. Well, versus, like, yeah, and, and then going back to, like, if you find that out right before you're about to launch the PPC ad, like, everyone's hair is on fire, right? But if you can kind of figure out, you yeah. kind of, like, de-risk, like, alignment really is about de-risking um you know it's wasting time you know and and so you, know, you kind of ask like what's the opportunity the other opportunity is that right like waste um and and you know we all know that like doing more with less is the sort of like cultural zeitgeist sentence of the moment right um for, for everyone right in a recession uh so yeah and
0: and that's some stuff that leads to that burnout as well isn't it yeah it's um you know campaigns generally get a fixed date once the once the senior, uh, you know, C suite knows what that date is. That's fixed. Yeah, it's so difficult to move it unless you've got a super valid reason. Yep, because a a promotion is incorrect. That's not a valid reason. Yep, which means if it comes up at the last minute, yep. it's got to be fixed. At the last yeah, minute. I mean, just I suppose the amount of emails, meetings, yeah, calls, wasted work, going back and redoing stuff that can be, uh, that
1: can be scrapped, you know, gotten rid of. Yeah just by having this good alignment good alignment it's all about your, it's good alignment yeah. right um yeah so i think it's like it, it, it processes like no piece of software is going to do it all for you so there's like a process layer to this too but you know we see companies that do um they'll do like a, a sort of weekly editorial Meeting. where they're just like they, they kind of create that rhythm of business and how they go about it um so yeah and, and every work is different um they're all s- selling to different consumers they're all selling different products and services and you know, I, I think for us, we just, we, you know, we, we, for better or for worse, kind of solely the every kind of organization, I, I, I think, right? Like uh, different models and, 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 and verticals and that kind of thing. And, you know, I think that the it, it's still it's still the same thing everywhere, right? It really is about alignment. Um, you know, you think about like legal, like think about like the healthcare industry, uh, especially in America, probably, probably, probably in, in the UK as well, but like it's highly regulated, what you can say you know, like you have to be so scrupulous and tightly like aligned with legal because everything is so highly regulated, right? So, um, you know, it's it's just it's just different at every 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 vertical. Um,
0: yeah, I was speaking to someone uh, on the podcast three months ago, four months ago. Uh, I'm trying to think what it there was. A, he has a he has a like a flossing tool. He's invented a flossing device. Flosses your teeth in like ten seconds, and um, we were just talking about some of the. Some of the phrasing that you're allowed to use, you're not allowed to do. Uh, I've had it in other industries as well. And I, I suppose that's that's another thing where where complications arise. Yeah. Right. It's people don't know what the restrictions are. Yeah. So new, new staff, consultants, agencies, mm-hmm. Um, we found that I worked with a CBD company um, last year and they weren't allowed to use the word anxiety. Wow. Huh. Right, so you weren't you weren't allowed to claim that CBD would help with anxiety. <laughs> what made this even worse was there were reviews from customers saying, "Oh, really? This like is, on their this website, they fixed my anxiety." Yeah, yeah, and they were told uh, by whoever the regulator is for that might have been the ASA, um, you're not, not, you can't display these reviews because you're not allowed to say anxiety. Like, but it's like, well, it's not us saying it's, there, it's like pepper us, his. So. And the other issue was that the the review platform, they use, they use Trustpilot. Yeah. And Trustpilot doesn't allow you to moderate your reviews. So Trustpilot was saying, well, we, we can't take them down. We're not going to hide them. Oh, maybe I'm not allowed to do them. Right, right. The NSA the is saying, you're not allowed to display that. Yeah. And obviously, the brand saying, well, it's it's not us, it's our customers. Yeah. We don't have control over this. So it's that sort of stuff just gets, yeah, it, it, gets it, even it, messier when yeah. it's... That's sort of something you need to think about right now. Not even going to think that a
1: customer might write that, and you're not allowed to, you know, not at all explain that. Well, there's like, yeah, so there's like the whole regulatory side. And there's other things like the cultural, like the cultural moment you're in, right? Like like you said, like the C-suite picks the date to launch something, and that's fixed. But, um, you know, w- one of my good mentors at the CMO, um, he, he often talked about when he runs his organization, he starts with what's going on in the customer life. Like that's the start of his marketing plan. Um, he doesn't actually start with like what the product and the services the company is launching. He starts with like what's the cultural moment that is that is going on, right? Like, and there's the fixed holidays we all know about, but then there's like what's happening in the world at any given time. And sometimes, like, there's things that are like super inappropriate to launch um, that you just like you you can't you can't say that right now because right now that is tone deaf of like what's going on. Um so yeah, it's it's I think I think marketing is is really, really bad in that way.
0: When the cost of living crisis hit and our energy prices went through the roof, one of our energy companies sent out a pair of socks to loads of people. Um, loads of their customers. I can't remember if it was a specific segment of their customer. Oh my god. Like on a on a certain payment method. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously went out really
1: bad. Yeah. They're like, oh, thanks. Because it's yes. like... You can afford that. Yeah, we can't, we can't lower your price of your energy. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, you know, if, if
1: if you don't want to be cold,
0: you know, turn your heating off and uh, and put some socks on. Oh, man. I kind of... I suppose it's an alignment thing. Oh, something else happened recently as well. I can't remember what it was. But that's the alignment thing, yeah. right, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, someone said, this is a great idea. Let's do that. Yes. And someone in another team who would have said, Hang on a minute. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Brandon
1: or yeah, someone yeah. didn't get hold of that. Yeah. And went, Are we putting across the right message? To yeah, you? totally. Well, and I, and I think that, um, yeah, I think that the, the you, you know, you said something earlier that I thought I was like, that one person in the room, right? You get kind of three examples. That one person in the room, though, that like kind of bulldozes their, their opinion in. That person could have been the person that wanted to send those socks, you know, and, and said, This is, this is, yeah, this is what I want to do. We're doing it um but i think that like that's like so much of this comes down to like the leadership side of things and and what kind of company we are like that the environment for critique um it doesn't exist like you have to create space for critique effective is what i'm saying and the closer you get to that launch moment the worse that timing is for critique right you you want to give so like it's not just alignment it's 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 like in that, I guess maybe in that moment of alignment, you got to have a, a space for critique and for like different voices to be heard. Cause I think in that moment, in your example, it's like, someone say, if, if you sent me socks and I, cause I had turn my heat off, I'd be pissed at you. Right. And that little insight, yeah. that little insight might've like prevented it. Right. But you know, yeah, these companies, I, I, I think these things are, um, I think they're, they're really important to get right, but they're hard to get right. And I think that, you know, oftentimes uh, the show goes on, right. And it's kind of on to the next going back to like, well, we got to keep doing marketing and now we just have to do damage control too, you know? Um, but I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of being, the planning and alignment and all that stuff, um, to avoid some of these things. I mean, I, I can't
0: remember what the other example is, but it was really recent, a company sent some stuff out and it was just like, wrong, <laughs> wrong time. Don't do that. But um, I saw something literally just before we, we jumped on this. Um, I think SkyBets have announced a five-year deal with um, the English Football League huh? a sponsorship. Yeah. So it's like our second, second tier, second, third, and fourth tier football. Now, the Premier League have banned Premier League clubs from having gambling uh, shirt sponsors. Oh, interesting. Uh, and now the lower leagues can. I'm, I, I'm guessing what's happened is they've seen this coming and are seeing a band coming. And so somehow they've agreed a five year deal to make sure that they are locked in yeah. Yeah. for that. And you know,
1: uh, it'd be
0: interesting to see if they do get backlash on this.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it might be the ESL ESL. Well, I mean, we had, we had a similar thing with the whole live golf tournament and the PGA tour recently. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know much about, that. I don't follow it close enough. I just know that like I was with some golfers and it was all going down and everyone was just sort of like, pissed about it um you know and and you know i'm like i, I don't follow it close on the ins and outs of it but yeah it's like it's, it, there's these things where you know that the yeah like just how you handle messaging matters so much uh in the world and and you know like right now you know you just kind of get brands that get written off for doing the wrong thing um uh, by a lot of people and then like they hate that brand i mean it's it's so i i just think it's a it's, a, it's either like I go back to leadership again. You got to know who you are. You got to know what you stand for. You got to know, like, situationally, how you're going to handle yourself. Um, if if you start bending in the wind because of public opinion, then then you don't know who you are. You're operating from a place where you don't know who you are. Uh, you know, like, and and so, like, that's where that alignment piece is. Is that like when you get a chance to align before you go forward, you you kind of kind of say, hey, like, is this who we are? in any of these cases um and i think that yeah. if you, you kind of let people like go back to like the ppc like if people are just like making a decision in a vacuum and they're just doing random crap all the time then you're going to get these moments that blow up in your face and, and i think that yeah you, you can avoid it it's avoidable
0: I, i've got another example Like finally basically my my back as i mentioned my background is startups right and so in startups you tend to be a bit scrappier yeah maybe you're you're okay with a bit not a gray area stuff but you're Oh, you're taking a risk. risk. So, yeah. yeah, you can. You take what bit of risk? So, went to this gambling company, and I realised that we could add bonus points. Oh, so this is when GDPR hit. Yeah, right. So we lost a lot of the ability to communicate with people. I realised we could add bonus points to people's accounts. We'd have to do it to everyone's accounts because yeah. you're not allowed to be. You can't pick. Um, so we'd add a random amount. I don't know, like three pounds sixty something or whatever. Yeah. Um, but bonus points expire. And when bonus points expire, we're allowed to email customers to say your bonus points are <laughs> not counted as a marketing message. Bought- it's a transactional message. Yeah. And I got this approved by legal. <laughs> and because of what this was exactly, there was no real reason for me to go to the brand team or anyone else right. to get approval because there's not a message going out at all. It's just go to the data team, get them to add some points and those and those emails that we already have in place trigger. Yeah. Now, obviously, I was like, this is pretty, pretty gray area. Like, I, I don't like this, <laughs> but I'm just, but I was curious because I was in a, in a, like a bigger company in a regu- much more regulated industry. So I was just kind of curious as to what potentially could, could be done. But I mean, that probably wouldn't have did it work. I don't think there would have been much back. Did it work? Oh, we didn't, we didn't do it. No, I oh, I didn't actually push it through. Oh, no, no. I, I just got to the point where it was like everything was, everyone was okay with it. Or everyone who I checked right, with right, was right, okay right. With it. Um, but I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't
1: actually do that. <laughs> like, that That's okay. just doesn't seem right. Well, I mean, you're, you're effectively giving people, you know, three pounds, whatever, for for uh, reading with your marketing emails.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, so I, I know a company that does do this. It's a, It's a company where you can sign up to look after people's pets. Yeah. As you get paid, like a almost like, um, I guess, Deliveroo for pets, pet care, yeah, Airbnb for pet care, what, whatever that sort of thing. They send me an email every night again saying, "Oh, you've got ten pounds credit on your account, but it's going to expire. Pull you back in." Like I haven't, I've been on that. You're like I invented this. Yeah. You're like I invented the <laughs> I know what you're doing. Yeah,
1: I immediately, <laughs> yeah, I basically <immediately> recognized <laughs> it. I was like, oh yeah, that seems that seems, yeah. that seems fun. Like it's yeah. like dark patterns. <laughs> you know like similar with like uh we see how you use a phrase i don't know if it's it's widely used but like dark patterns in ux design where you like get people to do what you want by uh you know be kind of nefarious with what you think they're going to expect to happen uh, and then you get them to do what you want kind of one of those dark patterns yeah yeah, cool um right so just before we finish up uh if you if you could pick the pick the brains of
0: anyone in the the marketing world uh you know i well, sit down for lunch with them with that
1: bit or someone from a particular brand, you know, um, man, you know, I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this kind of in, in two ways, you know, if you'll indulge me. Um, when I was a kid, I like, I grew up in Alaska. So I grew up in a very like remote town in Alaska and, um, the brands that, that like the brands that broke through, like the big brands at the time. And so I think nineties, right? Like your, your, uh, Sony, uh, your, um, hot pockets. I don't know if you have those over the UK. They're like, just like a microwave like calzone thing um uh dell computer gateway computer microsoft um just nike whatever right pepsi so th- there there were these brands that were were um that that was like super excited about right as a kid cuz like that's kind of what broke through um you know I wasn't in in any major cities or anything and fast forward to like the last 10 years where I've gotten to work with like. All of these brands that like I would have loved to work with because you know they they were so like it's just cool I, and, and um, getting to see it so like we you know like we work with like customers like Starbucks or Target or, or whatever and um, so yeah I mean when you ask me like who uh, I I've, I've kind of got to do that I've got to work with with all of them um, in different capacities um, but there's always more you know I think for us um, you know there's companies out there. Like I really am, am enamored with a lot of the DTC companies right now. Uh, and I have been for, for quite some time, so like uh, away travel. I think they do an amazing job. Um, uh, and and they've kind of had some rocky patches with with PR and stuff like that. Um, I think Casper does an amazing job um, in terms of just like a a, a consistent marketing message. And so I, um, we work with a, another customer called Rothy's, which is another great DTC brand. Um, and so like we get to, like seeing these companies from the inside. Like I, I just kind of like I guess I'm I'm a bit of an operational geek more so than like a fandom geek at this point because I have got to like rub elbows yeah. with like a lot of these big brands. But like, how do you do it? How do you how do you kind of like what? Like I want to be a fly on the wall like I was ten years ago. Um, at these companies we're seeing it like at, at Starbucks and Nike. You're just like how do they how do they work? And then like have that be inspiration for me because it's really about um how do you kind of continue to design the product for the future that really goes after this marketing system opportunity.
0: That's no, it. So, um just uh, just finally then uh you got one final piece in it
1: yeah i mean i i think that um we're always like putting as much focus on how you work as the work itself um i think leads to better work and and i think that um that would be my advice to to anyone that's building brands and and i think that you know aligning on customer experience is really the the opportunity to to kind of breathe the lights into every single brand on the planet um so so that'd become our last kind of parting shot
0: um well awesome thank you so much uh if anyone wants to reach out what's the best way to do
1: um we have a url for you so it is opal.show slash click um so feel free to go to that site and uh, you're always welcome to hit me up on linkedin if you're interested in carrying out any of the conversation awesome all right thanks so much george thanks for having me well take care
0: customer experience is key it's just absolutely a key thing for growth for DTC brands And in the vast majority of cases, anything related to the customer experience involves at least a couple of teams, if not more. Customer service needs to coordinate with other teams because of the feedback and insight they gather. Media teams need to coordinate with customer support, email, any other acquisition teams to make sure everyone's on the same page, promoting the same thing with the same creative, same messaging. And when this breaks down, it can have a massively negative impact on the customer experience. You know, great examples of this are where you offered one promotion through an advert, another on the website, and then an automatic third one kicks in and blocks the others at checkout. This is caused by silos and needs to be fixed. If you'd like to learn more from George, you can find him on LinkedIn. Any other podcast questions, feedback, or guest requests, please send them over to Will at will.customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, we've got John Chan joining me. We're going to be talking about the key metrics brands need to be focused on when trying to scale into new marketing channels. But until then, keep those customers clicking.